How to transform your passion into a successful startup. Welcome to Lead, an inspiring podcast that focuses on the creative spirit inside us all. Jocelyn Bellows interviews accomplished entrepreneurs about overcoming obstacles and achieving greatness. Join us today and lead into a fulfilling and successful life. So hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Leap. Uh, joining me today is Rusty Gebhardt. Rusty is a fitness studio instructor, manager, excuse me, and personal trainer. And Rusty, thank you, first of all, for so much for joining me today. You're and very welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the reason I, I uh, invited Rusty to be a part of the, the show is we got talking a little bit uh, some months ago about some of the things that he was working on in his regime. And there was something that he and I talked about that really struck me. And I thought this was a great opportunity to and platform to share. So Rusty, I think I want to jump right in by asking first, how long have you been in the fitness arena? Uh, I've actually only been in the fitness arena for about, I'd say three years now. Um, I have been active for most of my life, but um I went through a period where I was just, you know, I was dealing with some stuff, um, you know, personally, and uh, I hired a personal trainer of my own as a way to help focus. And uh, the results that I got and everything that I learned, I really wanted to actually give back to people. And so I actually switched uh, jobs from working at Starbucks and became a personal trainer myself. And then uh, did that for about two years. And then I got into uh, managing with Orange Theory, a fitness studio, um, about a year ago, actually. It's almost exactly a year ago. So can we talk a little bit about some of the things that led you into starting at, you know, with your own personal training and how you transitioned from, you know, seeking that out for your own fitness regime and how you then transitioned that into your career path? Yeah, sure. Um, so I, uh, like I said, I'd always been active. I'd played sports and, um, was coaching soccer as I was teaching. Um, and I had been in Washington for about a year when, uh, my wife passed and, uh, I knew that, uh, I really needed to have something to focus on. And, uh, I decided to actually like get into the gym and, and make sure that, I went. So to have that accountability, I hired a personal trainer and I'd never had a personal trainer before. I didn't think it was something I needed because, you know, I knew how to work out. So I thought, and in the process of actually having that, that accountability and somebody to, um, you know, kind of guide me and, you know, work with me on nutrition and supplementation and whatnot. Um, like I was actually, I got into probably the best shape that I've ever been in. And, just kind of being in that space, um, like I, I really saw the difference that it made for me and I really wanted to be able to make that kind of difference for other people as well. And like I said, I was working at Starbucks at the time and Starbucks is a great company to work for, but if I had to make one more venti caramel frappuccino for somebody for breakfast, uh, I was probably going to lose it, uh, because just, it was just, it was so not healthy for, 
you know, and given what I was committed to from that standpoint, I just couldn't do it anymore. So, uh, so I actually, I had been doing personal training part-time at that point. And at that point I decided I had to go full-time. And, um, so, so I left Starbucks and, and went to work at the, the gym full-time. What are some of the things that have enhanced your life in, in that transition? Um, let's see. Can, can you ask that question in a, in a different way? Or take that in an interpretation that makes sense for you. Um, let's see. So some other things that have enhanced that. Um, well, I started also working uh, with uh, Landmark Worldwide, Landmark Education, um, which uh, it's an organization that exists to empower people to fulfill on things that are important to them. Um, and leave them transformed with more power, freedom, self-expression, and peace of mind. And this kind of happened around the the time that I was transitioning away from the gym that I had been working at um, and into Orange Theory. That kind of all coincided. Um, I got involved with it because I wanted to be a, a better manager and a better leader, um, and to be able to give back more to people. Um, and it ended up with me, uh, actually leaving the gym that I was at and starting in, in orange theory. Um, it just the whole process of like really being committed to people, not just their physical well-being, but also their mental, emotional, um, all of that, uh, just basically it took over my, my whole being essentially. Um, it's funny it's, that that was, those were the words that were circling in my mind is it's a whole being, you know, your mental, your physical, your emotional, those are the three components that make up all of you as an individual. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and if they're not all complete, then, you know, it's, it's harder to support like just one side. Like it, it, it's a very holistic kind of approach to things. Mm-hmm. So let's take a moment to talk about Landmark because I know that, you know, you and I have have talked a little bit about it offline and how much your experience with that has really made some major changes in your life. Yeah. So first, if we can tell the audience a little bit about what Landmark is, what brought you there? Sure. Um, So uh, as I mentioned there, you know, they exist specifically just to help people fulfill on what's important to them, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, how I got there, uh, the, the gym that I was working at as a fitness director, one of my trainers did uh, what's called the forum. She didn't really tell me a lot about it. It was just, she was doing this weekend leadership course. And uh, so I gave her the time off she needed for it because that's the only way I knew about it. And then she invited me to her sort of graduation slash completion component. And I was too busy, couldn't go, quote unquote. And um, so she was like, okay. And then about six weeks later, she was doing another one. And again, she still hadn't told me a whole lot about it. And uh, this time when she invited me to her completion evening session and I said, no, I was too busy, she called BS on me and said, no, you're not too busy. You just, we're going to, we're going to rearrange your schedule and you're, you're coming. And I was like, what is this thing? And why are, why is, why do I have to do this? And she said, because you are a fantastic leader 
And this is going to give you access to a whole new level of uh, leadership and development and growth. And I was like, okay, fine. And so I, I went, she rearranged my schedule. She moved all my clients to other people. Um, and it was, I was highly skeptical actually walking in there. I was like, this seems really weird and I don't understand it. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm listening to, you know, people talking about, you know, what they got out of doing their, uh, you know, their weekend course. And I'm like, they're paying these people because this kind of stuff doesn't happen in a weekend. It just doesn't, there's no possible way kind of toward the, the end of it. You know, they get to the point where it feels almost like a sales pitch kind of, uh, you know, or at least that's how it occurred for me. There was a moment where I was like, nah, I don't know. And then I thought about my experience as a personal trainer and how many times I've sat with people who I'm looking at them and I know that if they don't hire me or one of my trainers, they're not going to get the results they want, but they have all these reasons why they can't or don't want to. And they're, they're valid reasons, but ultimately I know what it is they want is the results in their life. And so part of my job is to get them out of their own way. Coming from that perspective, I was like, well, okay, what if? What if I actually could get some of what I heard there? Like, would that be worth it? And yeah, I was like, okay. And so I went ahead and, and I registered. Um, and I did the forum almost exactly a year ago, I believe, somewhere in that vicinity. Um, what I got from that weekend was way more than what I had even anticipated going in. Um, like it's made a huge impact in my leadership style and the way that I work with people. But beyond that, it's repaired relationships in my family that I thought were broken forever. Um, I've been able to uh, have an even just amazingly deeper relationship with my girlfriend, you know, just even strangers that I run into on the street. Uh, the connection that I have with them is something that uh, like I've never had before. Um, the walls that I used to keep up to kind of protect myself from, from people getting too close. Uh, you know, all those walls are gone and I'm just, just able to relate to, to human beings on a whole different level, which gives me a, a brand new access to just being there for them and helping to see what, what's important to them and what they're dealing with and to actually be able to make a difference in their lives. I think at the start of, of that answer, one of the things I picked up on for you was you really removed a lot of limiting beliefs. For sure. For yourself. And then I think we just kind of touched upon that as you started to go down that pathway of removing your walls. And, you know, how does that then translate for you when you're working with your clients? It makes a huge difference because when I'm actually connected to them and I'm listening for what's important to them when they're, you know, when they're coming in, because people have so many things that get in the way of fulfilling on, on what actually matters to them. Um, you know, and for a lot of people, their health is really important to them, but there's a lot of things that are in the way. Um, you know, whether it's a lack of self-belief, uh, whether they've, you know, failed, before and they don't think they can, they can succeed really, you know, or they don't think they can manage their food or 
you know, they're too busy or they're overscheduled or, you know, whatever, whatever it is that's, that's there with me actually being able to, to connect with them, not in a formulaic, you know, kind of like, this is our sales process, but to actually listen for what they care about and why they're up to it. It allows me to actually communicate with them and help get them out of their own way. Not in a, you know, a weird pressury salesy kind of thing, but like to actually look at what's possible for them, you know, like to ask them. So if you had this, what would that make possible for you in your life? You know, if you actually were able to, you know, run for, you know, run a 5k, you know, right now you say you can't run on a treadmill, but if you could run a 5k, not that you would have to run a 5k, but if you had the ability, like who would you be in your life if you had that ability? And for them like to hear their responses to that and to see the way they light up um, is just, is just amazing. And it, to be able to then relate to them on a daily basis as they come into my studio. And it's not just me, it's all of my staff and it's all of my coaches. So that's how we relate to our, our members when they come in. And it, it just provides them with this amazing level of enthusiasm and, love for themselves and for the, the process that they're going through. Um, but also for each other, uh, the community that we have is just absolutely outstanding. Our studio has the best customer service scores in the company. And it's a direct result of the way that my staff and I interact with them and the culture that we've built there, the way they interact with each other. It's just, it's just fantastic. One of the words that you said a few times and it really resonates with me is, is building community. Yeah. Uh, adding to that is that human connection. I think all of us as individuals want to feel connected and, you know, depending on your religious beliefs, your spiritual beliefs, we are, and mm-hmm. we cut ourselves off and, and, and we cut ourselves off through our own limiting beliefs, our own beliefs of what we've told ourselves for so long or the stories yeah. that we've told ourselves. And, uh, and so, when you talk about you've removed some of those walls for yourself and now you're coaching your clients to do the same. One of the things I also picked up on is, you know, as you're relating to your own client base, the more authentic that we can be, the more we can be able to be connected into, you know, for myself. And, and I've talked about this on other podcasts prior and you know, this as well, you know, I've also gone through a big transition this year. And have realized that the more that I let my walls down and the more I'm willing to share the size that people don't always want to see, it makes them comfortable and brings them down to a place where they're willing to go yeah. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. You, yeah. So you're seeing that, right? Oh, for sure. It's uh, authenticity. One of the things about human beings is just as human beings that it's not our fault. It's just the way we wound up being is we are inauthentic and we are inauthentic about being unauthentic. Um, And it's when we actually kind of break through that and allow ourselves to just really be authentic with people, it gives them the space to then be authentic with us. Um, But like somebody has to go first. Uh, and actually be vulnerable and let people see that like you're a safe space. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that, that I really strive for is to be that safe space for people. 
Um, and so I will go out of my way to share my experiences with people and, you know, what I've dealt with and, and what has been, you know, an important thing for me or, you know, where I was and where I am now and, and the journey that that's been. And it gives that, that space for people to, uh, to open up themselves as well. And that wasn't something I was able to do before. Like I, I had no capacity for that whatsoever, but it's made, it's made such a huge difference, not just personally, but professionally as well. Yeah. And I think we, each of us gets, I don't think everyone gets to that, that and say, I think there are people who will live in that space. And there are people that are interested in learning more about that space. And there are people that may never achieve that ability to drop their armor and, and, and really allow themselves to be the person that they are yeah because it's scary you know and we're we're, you know we're in in an environment where we live in fear we have a lot of things that limit us because of fear and uh i i applaud you for really breaking down your walls to allow yourself to connect i think that's that's really fantastic i want to take a transition here a little to uh, the the mud run that you and I had talked about. Uh, I know that, yeah. you, so that you started a project and very quickly grew to 50 strong for a team. And, and now you said over 700 followers. Can we talk yeah. a little bit yeah. about that? I'm going to dive into that a little. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So this was a project that I started in what's called the self-expression leadership program uh, through, through landmark as well. Um, and as part of that, program, we do a community project. Mm -hmm. And as I was looking around trying to see what, what community project or what community I wanted to affect, I was looking at the, all the Orange Theory studios in Western Washington. And uh, my particular franchise group has, I think at this point, we're up to 18 active studios that are actually open and, and running. And each of the studios has its own community but there's really nothing that tied the the studios together. And as you and I have both talked about, like community is very important to me and I like to see people get connected. So I felt like that was a big, a big miss to not have something that, that brought all the studios together. And I was looking at it. It's like, well, okay, well we have all these really active members that do events. They do five K's and marathons and 10 K's and mud runs and, all that stuff. Well, why don't we put together uh, like an events team that, you know, is open to anybody who is a a member of Orange Theory in Western Washington and just try to pull people together and see what happens. It ended up with our first big event for this team was, was a mud run in September. And we ended up with somewhere between, I don't know the exact number, but somewhere between 50 and 75 members actually out running together just to see the big wave of, of orange t-shirts all starting at the same time was just really cool. And, you know, to see members from different studios talking to each other and getting to know one another was really great. And it's, it's just kind of grown from there. It's, it's based on a Facebook group called we bleed orange. And it's, uh, as of the last time I looked, I think it was, it was right up around 700, somewhere between 690 and 700 unique members 
um, who are on there and they're super active and they're, you know, constantly getting together and saying, Hey, I'm doing this run. We've got the, you know, we've got a run coming up here for December who's in and they're, you know, just putting teams together left and right. And it's really, it's really awesome. Uh, it's grew way beyond what I anticipated. I was hoping I might have a hundred people total, um, who would actually participate and we're over that. And it's just every week, it seems like I get another like five, 10 people getting on there. So I'm really fascinated to see how far it goes. Are there then plans to grow on that? So you, I know you're, you're plugged into the Western Washington franchise and or in theory, of course, across the nation. Uh, what's, what's the next step for that? For right now in, in Western Washington, part of what we're doing is we're actually going to be partnering with St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Sorry, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. That's what it is to do fundraising with them. And I actually have been reaching out to our studios in Eastern Washington and down into Oregon as well. So I'm going to see if I can start to kind of gradually expand it from there. I actually did get the one of the other two franchise groups in Washington, uh, like in Western Washington, on board as well. So it's it's expanded to those those franchise groups also. So I would love to see it go national, but I haven't I haven't actually started pursuing it that that direction quite yet. How does that make you feel seeing that growth? Oh, it's amazing. It's it's just it makes me feel really good just knowing that it's out there and that it's available for people who you know who want that community. It's there. Uh, before there was nothing there, and they had to kind of manufacture it themselves, and maybe they didn't know how necessarily. All I've done really is just provide a venue for them to uh, just take it and do what they want to with it. You've created a space, a safe space and in a space where yeah. people are already have are like minded. Yeah. And you created that. I think that's really amazing. Um, Thank you. And I, I want to take a moment because another piece that we haven't really touched on, and I think we've been sort of circling around it, is the the more that we give, the more we get, the more mm-hmm. we feel inside. And funny enough although of course this is how the universe works, I believe getting ready for the call and getting ready for this recording. I, I hopped on Facebook for a few minutes and was listening to a story that I've heard so many times before. And you've probably heard it as well. And so many of listeners probably have as well. And it's um, Tony Robbins and Tony's talking about uh, when he was really at the end of his financial rope. And he said, this is the day I, I felt the richest I've ever been. This is the day I felt rich. Those are his words. And he talks about how he had lent a friend $1,200. And he was now down to 25, 26 bucks. And he walked to a restaurant down the road, fed himself, spent $7. And as he was getting ready to leave, a young boy walks in with his mom. And this young, the young son opens the doors very treating his mom like it's a date right and tony was so impressed by this that he emptied his the last money that he had and gave it to this young man to treat mom to this meal and he walked out with nothing he had no more money and he got home to a letter from the friend that he'd lent that twelve hundred dollars to and he ended up having that friend had 
repaid him plus interest. And I, as I'm saying this story, I truly am getting goosebumps. And he talks about the giving factor and how much giving ends up more in receiving. But the more we're in tune with that, the more we we actually get in return. And I and I bring that story up because I feel like that is something that's a gift that you're giving. You've you've taken some amazing lessons that you've learned and now you're transitioning. And so I want to I'm going to throw that back to you and say how resonate with you. Does that resonate with you at all? Yeah, it it absolutely resonates with me. The one of the things that I have or part of my journey when I look back on it is, you know, a year ago, year and a half ago, I was very just concerned with, with my little world uh, mm-hmm. and what was going on with me and how things were affecting me, you know? And I mean, most people probably would have said I was a nice guy and, you know, I was generous or whatever, but when I really look at it, it, it was all in service of just kind of protecting this little tiny area that is quote unquote me. And as I've gone through, you know, these transitions and, and the, you know, my, my journey through Landmark and my journey with Orange Theory and all that, it's grown from, you know, first it was just me. And then it was like, okay, well, how can I impact a group of people around me? And then it became like, well, how can I impact the, the community around me? And then it's growing into how can I impact society? And ultimately, my, my goal is to impact the world, you know, is to, is to transform the world, which I know sounds very grandiose, but I want a world that works for everyone with no one and nothing left out. And it's not, it's no longer about me. It's about the impact that I can have on people, the positive impact that I can have on others to kind of circle back to something that you were talking about before in that you know, there are people who they are very afraid to open up and they have fears, you know, based on what's happened to them in the past. And they live in the present based on the fear of the future that it's going to repeat itself from what happened in the past. And what I've learned is that if we have the ability to actually take the, that past and file it back away in our past so that it's not out there in the future, we don't have to live in fear and anxiety anymore. And it becomes easier to let those walls down and to actually open up ourselves for others and to be there for others. And the amazing thing is when we start to do that and we take the focus off of ourselves, and we put the focus with other people, amazingly, we're taken care of. It's very much like what, you know, what Tony Robbins talked about. You know, it's just, there's just something about the way the universe and humanity and everything works. It's, I haven't really paid a whole lot of attention to, you know, what's going on with me. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still a human being and the chatter in my head comes up and I'm, you know, and I get nervous and scared about things and whatnot, but you know, I have the, the tools now to actually kind of set those aside and just focus on what I'm committed to and take actions that are in line with that commitment so that you know the fear and the anxiety doesn't run my life and what i'm committed to is other people and amazingly enough when i'm actually living into those commitments and following those actions all the stuff that i was worried about happening or not happening just gets taken care of whether it's 
wasn't even there to begin with, which is frequently the case, or the people that I need to support me or help me through whatever it is that is, they just show up and they're more than happy to contribute to me. It creates a really amazing symbiosis. Then on top of that, just the way it feels to just be there for another person and to actually just hear them, you know, whatever it is their concern is, what they're dealing with, to actually hear them and get them and to know that they got gotten, if that makes sense. Because most people never get gotten in their life. It's a very basic thought, really. Um, and it's, I think it's a basic thought when you talk about customer service from a customer service standpoint. And, and this really, but I think it's more about humanity. I think we just want to be heard, mm-hmm. not appeased. Yeah. We just want to be heard. Yeah. And when you, when you have that, gosh, does not give you some peace of mind. Yeah, it does. You know, something else, I, a couple of things that really struck me. And one was a quote by Maya Angelou. It was something you had said earlier on and, and it about just wanting to make an impact. And so this is, this is the quote that, that really came to just popped in my head. I had to Google it. So I Googled it. Um, and the quote is, I, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People forget what you did, but they will always, they will never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. And I felt that that was something, I feel that that's something you're doing actively and maybe you're not realizing you're doing it, but by creating this community, I'd be so curious to survey everyone that's joined that Facebook group and what they've gotten, what their personal fulfillment has been as a result of this creation. Have you had opportunity to talk to any of these people? The only ones I've really had the opportunity to talk with are the ones who are members at my studio or uh, if I, I've done a couple of events with, with them myself mm-hmm. and they're all just, they're all very appreciative of having this, uh, this venue where they can, they can get together and, and, you know, celebrate how much they love, you know, their, their studio and then how much they love Orange Theory in general, just how much they love just fitness and being out and active, you know, to have been able to provide that venue is just, is really great. Yeah. I love that. I love that quote. And that is very much, you know, where we come from is, you know, to make people feel valued and loved and heard, you know, it's, I think it's rare in any kind of really any commercial enterprise these days where the word love actually shows up the word love flies around my studio all the time. You know, my members, you know, they know that we love them. Uh, My employees know that I love them and I make it a point to tell them uh, as well as show them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I I don't think that's normal, which is unfortunate. If it was, the world would be a much different place. Yet, I believe you've said it yourself. You run one of the most profitable studios in your franchise and your franchise itself is one of the strongest franchises in the country. Did I understand that correctly? Um, our franchise group actually did get area developer of the year at the last convention. My studio is not the most profitable, but it does have the highest customer service scores. 
we're still we're still relatively new, but our we're a good 12 to 15 points higher than the national average on customer service. And within my franchise group, we are we are the top studio. So maybe there's something to what you're doing. I like to think so. I, I, I'm going to go with, yeah, I'm going to go <laughs> with that. I'm going to go with that. Uh, one other thing that I had, I also want to touch on something from an earlier comment. And you were saying that you were, you talked a little bit about releasing some of your fears and sort of letting it go. And mm-hmm. there's some elements in there. I feel like there's perhaps there's some elements of, of just being present in the moment. Um, meditation, of course, plays can play a role into that. But more so, what drew me in, are, are you familiar with the work of Byron Katie? Do you know who she is? I'm not. I'm not, actually. So she's an author, and she has a she has an exercise about, I'm going to misquote it, but something around judge thy neighbor. Mm-hmm. And truly, it's an exercise to really examine what's what's actually really happening in reality versus what you have perceived as happening. And it's an exercise around perception versus reality in the most basic boiled down terms. And I feel like that's something you you sort of touched upon when you said, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to let things go and all of a sudden things start to show up. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a li- it's similar. What, uh, I guess the, the, I don't know if technology is the right word, the terminology that, that I use is just, you know, what's so, you know, like what's, what's actually, what's actually here. Um, cause you know, there's anytime we're looking at something, there is what happened. And then there's the story around what happened. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I get into my, you know, fears about things, it's all based on story because, you know, these days, you know, we, we developed this, you know, this, this fear sense of things, you know, for a very good reason, because it used to be, uh, if we heard something move in the underbrush, uh, there was a really good chance that we were about to get mauled by a tiger. You know, every time we hear that sound, there's, you know, it's like, okay, tiger coming. Unfortunately, that that sense has stayed with us. You know, it's a very simplistic version, but, you know, we see something that kind of resembles something that happened once before. And because of that sort of innate, you know, fight or flight response, we end up being afraid that it's going to happen again. But it's really a very inauthentic fear because A, the thing that happened isn't something that's actually going to kill us or harm us physically or anything like that. But B, it's also not actually happening right now in reality. But we treat it as though it is. Like it has that effect on us as though it's happening right now. But it's not. It's something that we're afraid is going to happen in the future. And the future hasn't happened yet. So just by its very nature, it's an inauthentic fear. It feels very, very real. And to completely discount it and just be like, yeah, whatever, you know, doesn't really do the, the trick. So it becomes a thing of actually looking at what's so, you know, what's happening right now in the moment. Do I know that this thing that I think is going to happen or that I'm afraid is going to happen is actually going to happen? And the answer is almost always no. And it's like, okay, well, what actions can I take right now that are in line with what I'm committed to, to accomplishing or what I'm committed to doing or who I'm committed to being? And let me just take those actions and let the future sort itself out because the future is going to be whatever it is. So... So yeah, I mean, it's, and that's not to say it's super easy or even, you know, 
even a hundred percent effective all the time, but to at least have that, those distinctions and that, you know, that information just at least gives me a, a, a fighting chance to not let the fear completely stop me. Fear can, can be paralysis. It can stop us from living the best people that we can be. Mm-hmm. And I, I really appreciate you taking that time to really kind of walk through that. You, you said it far more eloquently than, than I had had it rolling in my head. And, and I think that's, that's exactly where I wanted to go. I uh, was hoping that this would go. Cause I, I, I agree that we've told stories in our minds for so long, each one of us and individually, whatever those stories are, and they're, they're a product of our environment. They're a product of the influencers around us, our, you know, our parents, our grandparents, our friends. And to really break that is you're breaking yourself back down to the base mm-hmm. the building. And I, I, I will tell you that I didn't understand it myself. If you had asked me that in January, I think I would have laughed and said, uh, you're crazy. Yeah. And here I am in, you know, many, many months later saying, okay, yeah, it, it, it does exist. There's something, something to that and, and living more authentically. And I find that, you know, as I've continued recording, that's a word that I keep coming back to is being authentic. And, yeah. and I think that's just, it's a way where we can break down our barriers and just be at peace with ourselves. Right? I can't wait to talk to you in January too. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Right. Oh gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, for those of you, so so although this will probably uh, air after that, however, well, since we're, since you brought it up, I actually through because of Rusty and talking with him a little bit, I actually have enrolled myself in my first landmark forum in January. So yes, that's what he's referring to, and we will see where where this next step goes. It's all good stuff. Uh, so it's we a are- weekend you'll never get over. I promise. <laughs> I said, all right, fair enough. You guys all heard it. He promised. Yeah. Uh, if not, I'm get, I know where my refund, where my refund's coming from. That's right. <laughs> so on that, we actually are, are really running on time, and I really want to wrap up by asking Rusty if you could share where people can learn a little bit more. Let's because this is probably the one space where we can really share. Um, where can they find more out about the current Facebook page, even if they live outside of the state? Because I'm going to have, you know, we have listeners across sure. the country. Um, and just to understand more about where this is going. Yeah. Let's see. So the Facebook page, it's a, the, a group on there called We Bleed Orange. It's, uh, there's nothing fancy about it. That's it. And I'm pretty sure they can find it anywhere. I think I actually have a couple people from Canada uh, who got on there. And I've seen a few people who said they were members of Orange Theories in other states. You know, it hasn't necessarily taken on taken off in that arena yet but you know who's to say that it won't and then what was the second part of the question where it's where we're going or well that was really it yeah okay yeah that was really it so that okay, people it. can tune in and i'm interested to see as this grows and after this airs how what your reach will continue to be yeah me too i think uh, i think you're onto something I'd love to see it grow, you know, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, just 
because th- there I, I don't see any reason why it couldn't be a nationwide thing because or actually even global because uh, Orange Theory is a, a global company at this point got over a thousand studios around the world so well Rusty thank you again for joining me I really appreciate it no thank you so much it was it was great thanks for joining us for this edition of Lee to learn more about Lee the podcast and coaching services, please join us on our Leap Facebook page at facebook.com slash what's your leap.